Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Kane is in the building. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Friday edition, hype edition. It's back. You know what that means. We've got Serena Morales, the LA Rams team reporter with us today. And if you can't see, well, of course you can't see. It's audio, but I'm over here fake punching and I'm just hyped up. Got my big coffee per usual and I'm ready to go. Have a good conversation with Serena Morales. Guys, don't forget to give us all a follow. Serena is at Serena on Twitter, at Morales Morales on Instagram, LA underscore Rambling Bears, your boy, Lockdown Rams, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias, we throw it down. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya, all the streaming apps as well. So find us, leave a five-star review, hit follow, share with the Rams fan, all good stuff. Five days a week, your team, every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But me and Serena had a great long conversation today, so with that, let's just kick right into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by LA Rams team reporter Serena Morales, and this is your lead story. Serena, a huge matchup for the Rams on Sunday. Lots of storylines coming into this one. Players banged up, including Todd Gurley's questionable. We'll get into that a little bit later. San Francisco bringing the number one rush offense into town. In your opinion, what are the three keys for the Rams to secure a victory on Sunday? So I think for for the Rams, it's it, one, we've got to, well, you know, it's funny. Kyle Shanahan spoke to the media yesterday and he said, you know, it starts with, for them. It starts with turnovers. So I'm actually stealing something from Kyle Shanahan, but I also <laughs> think it uh, plays well to our, how we protect the ball. We just, you know, we got to keep that ball in our hands. And I mean, that's basic football, but I think, you know, when obviously the Rams are smart and when, you know, we're able to convert on third down, we have, you know, great success stories. And, and those are things that, you know, those are the moments we see Cooper Cup, um, you know, do what he does. And, and we see, you know, Jared throw the ball like a, a crazy guy out there. So I think for one, you know, we got to limit these turnovers and really protect the ball. Um, I think, I think Corey Littleton is actually due for maybe a blocked punt at some point nice. soon, yeah. um, you know, like let's give a shout out to our special team. Um, and I just think again, like, you know, I think when it comes down to our defense, right? Like uh, you look at all the pieces, right? Like uh, Akeem Tlaib always says this to me. He's like, Serena, when you look at the defense, yes, on paper, we're the top, 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 you know, like we're supposed to be the best. And so we got to execute that, right? Like, so I always think of a mathematician, right? Like, you can write all the numbers you want on a piece of paper, but you got to make sure you understand that. You got to put the the numbers in order. You got to add or subtract or do long division, which I completely have want nothing to do with. You know, so it goes down to like, yes, things are there. And it's like putting the, the puzzle together. What's great about the Rams is that, you know, we're three and two. And I say what's great about the Rams, we're three and two, is because we're three and two and not eight and two, right? Like, it's not later on in the season that we've, we've experienced these two losses. I think it was great that the Rams experienced 
um, back-to-back losses last season. I remember specifically asking Sean McVay, what do you do when you, you know, it's not one loss, but it's two losses and you, and you're affected by it. Like, where do you go? Who do you speak to? And he goes, I, I talked to my dad. I talked to Tim McVeigh, right? And we're like, thank you so much. You are a human. I know you're part right. human and part machine, Sean. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of look at yourself and you start to look at what are the, the basics and the fundamentals of why we love this game and what works and what doesn't work. And I think, you know, you get into a winning mentality, you maybe start to forget some of those things, right? So it's always great to experience a loss. And the difference of these two losses is that one – the Buccaneers game that the Rams lost uh, two weeks ago, that game, I, I talked to a couple guys in the locker room, and they're like, you know what happened in that game? Everything that was supposed to go uh, right for us kind of went wrong, and everything yeah. that was supposed to go wrong for them went right. So there was really, you know, I, w- I would say this. I think the, the defense and, and the Rams offense, the entire team, turned things around in the second half of that game, and that's the key, right? So they've learned, right? And then you look at – you come off of that loss and you're like, you know what? This was very uncharacteristic of how we play. And those are great things to know, right? Like, this isn't us. We got to be playing better than this. So then you go into a very difficult place to play on a very short week. And you're going to go play in your division, the Seattle Seahawks, yep. in that loud freaking stadium. <laughs> and you lose by one point. I mean, that game could have been completely different. We could have completely had a different conversation. Oh, the Rams are four and one instead of three and two, and no one will be freaking out. Oh, that Bucks game was an outlier. Da 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 da. So I really think that the key, long story for you, Bear, <laughs> the key to the success of the Rams and to get this win is really going back to everything that we looked at on paper and making sure that that team executed is like the correct way that they know how to do. And that comes down to protecting the ball, you know, protecting that run and, and Jared Goff doing what he does best and finding all of his open receivers and tight ends and running back and, and getting our yards and, and getting third down. No, I love it. That was that was well put, and that's why we love having you on the show here because you give so much depth to it and, and really help us understand it because you're right, and I love the uh, the math uh, simile you used there because my mom's a math teacher, and you said, like Akeem said, it's like everything is there on paper and it looks good, but you got to show your work, just like a math teacher would always say. Show your work, and that work is being shown on the field. They showed it to us early with some really big games, big performances early, even going back uh, to that Saints game and looking at how they – you know, held the Saints to under 10 points and, and really looked dominant at points throughout that game. Uh, even the Cleveland game that we won, a fourth quarter stand at the goal line was pretty impressive. Yeah. But you're right, the turnovers. We're, we're leading the league in turnovers. Not a good category to do it. we got to clean that up. Uh, the defense has got to play what we think they can play up to and what they know they can play up to. Uh, so I think those are really good points. And then the special teams. It's something that it's overlooked a lot in football. We've got a great special teams unit. You throw out the missed kick uh, against the Seahawks. That was more of a fluke than anything else. But uh, getting back to right. some of the basics that the Rams were built on last year, I think is going to be a key point, obviously, in this game moving forward. And a massive game for us. So uh, you can't really dink around anymore. I love the early losses, like you mentioned, too, instead of later in the year. It kind of checks us early and kind of brings this team together. You remember, there's a lot of pieces a lot of young guys, so uh, kind of gelling. It's going to take a little bit of time, but hopefully that starts on Sunday. Before we get over to the, uh, the next segment, really quick, want to talk to you about some injury updates. Uh, we know Todd Gurley's a little banged up with his quad. Sean McVay's holding it close to his chest. 
Uh, if he doesn't go, Malcolm Brown most likely will take the lead in the backfield. He even mentioned an expand role uh, for rookie running back Henderson. Uh, you know, what do you think about this running attack if Todd Gurley can't go? And and just a quick update on some of the injuries. Are we still kind of game day decisions? Yeah, so uh, Todd and, and Akeeb, uh, Akeeb has a rib uh, injury and Todd has that left thigh injury, like a contusion. Um, and yes, uh, the coaching staff, as per usual, will not give any inkling as to what they're going to decide to do on game day. Um, Sean did say this, and I'll give this to Todd Gurley. He's so tough. Uh, he's such a tough competitor. Again, I, you wouldn't even know probably like what things hurt, right? Like there's also just a part of being a football player. Like, right. yeah, oh yeah. You, you, you mean to tell me like my muscles aren't supposed to be aching all the time? Like, what can <laughs> I, like, I don't know anything else. Right. So for Todd, like he's going to, I think be very real. Like the fact that, you know, we're in this part of the season, five games in, we're heading into week six on Sunday. Like there could be some protection there. Um, either way, you know, Akeeb, again, older player, but obviously he knows his body better than most. So I think, you know, they, they did not practice yesterday. And I think they're day to day from, from now moving forward. But um, either way, you know, you've got, I think we've got a great secondary. Um, and I think Akeeb to lead leadership um, in the film room is, is something to not look past where maybe he's not on the field, but man, do I always see him coaching, you know, Marcus Peters having conversations with Nikhil Roby Coleman on the sidelines, even during games. And so even when he hurt himself last year, you know, I think to, to that point, Akib was there talking to the guys, making sure that he was communicating. And I think that's the key to, you know, Akib, whether he is in the game or not in the game come Sunday, that, you know, he is still a valuable uh, asset to the team, whether he's got pads on or not. And then when it comes to Todd Gurley, also day-to-day, um, I think Malcolm Brown has done such a great job being, you know, sort of the backup running back for, for Todd. And, I mean, you've seen spurts of what he can do. That first game against Carolina scoring two touchdowns, um, he's such a great player. He will tell you to the moon and back, Texas football is where it's at. And, so, and he, he, he's actually told me, you know, when you compare, you know, football players, like Texas football players, they're, they're kind of the guy that knows everything. Like if you're looking for an encyclopedia of football, if you're looking to get some background, you know, information, if you want to understand all the different positions, it's a Texas football player. Because, and, and actually funny enough, uh, Akeem Tlaib, also Texas football player. They're the guys that kind of have, the best feel for everything. And so if you're asking for a guy like Malcolm Brown to jump in and, and play a starting role, uh, he's going to do a great job. And again, I think Daryl Henderson, if he steps up also um, in a, in a position to, to play running back, I think he's going to be great. He's in a good position where Sean McVay was like Gaga over this guy in the right. draft. Very excited to get him uh, again. He didn't drop a pass his last season in college. So, again, he's sort of working in that scheme of, like, I'm a running back, I'm a tight end, I'm a wide receiver. Everyone does a little bit of everything. So I could see, you know, the Rams really utilizing um, both Daryl and Malk, you know, come Sunday if there's no Todd Gurley. But we don't have a final answer on that. Right, right. And the one thing that's nice to see is is the confidence that the Rams do have in Malcolm Brown and really the excitement that we all have for Daryl Henderson in, in kind of his first appearance in real action. So if the smart idea is to let Todd rest, then I think we're all okay with it. And if it's not, maybe it's even a, a, a 
increased role for Malcolm Brown on Sunday. And we get to see him a little bit more because, again, you know, people in the organization have said many times if he was on a different team, he has would be pushing for a starting role. The Lions really wanted him. We matched that contract for yeah. a reason. Uh, so excited to see how that kind of goes. And like you said, McVeigh keeps it close to the chest. So we probably won't know until the very last second that he's got to tell the world. And that's when we'll find out. So you fantasy owners, keep it close to high uh, on Saturday and Sunday morning as, as game day gets closer and closer. Um, if you guys are actually heading to the Coliseum this Sunday, make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount up to $100 We will be right back, Friday Hype Edition, right after this. Coming up, here's a great chance on how to win season tickets to the brand new stadium in 2020. My man, Dave Robles, is hooking you up. If you are buying or selling a house and you live in Southern California, you must hit up Dave Robles or go to DaveRobles.com. Dave is an L.A. native and knows the city in and out. He's an L.A. Rams fan. That should help. He's a really strong negotiator who understands how to get you a good deal on your home or top dollar for your current home if you're selling. He has excellent Yelp and Zillow reviews, so if you don't believe me, just go check those out. Again, check out that website, DaveRobles.com, or just call him, 213-712-4343. Again, you tell him you're from Locked On and you're going to buy or sell a house with him, he is going to get you 2020 season tickets to the Los Angeles Rams in the new stadium If I were you, you're on that fence. Go talk to the wife. Go talk to the husband. Let him know it is time to make a move. You can get season tickets as well as a great deal on your house. Call him for details. 213-712-4343. Dave Robles, the man, the myth, the Robles. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Hype Friday. Serena Morales is back with us. We are so excited. We had the Thursday night football game, so we tried to do like a Hype Wednesday. It didn't go over as well. You know, the results didn't come out. We're back to Hype Friday. We're hoping that you guys will get ready with us uh, for this game on Sunday. Again, Serena Morales, LA Rams team reporter. Uh, You can find her on Twitter, at Serena on Instagram at Morales Morales. Also check out the podcast uh, Rambling, which you got awesome guests all the time. You were actually out at SoFi today. Tell me about the experience you saw being down at the stadium. It looked like there were tons of people. What was going on? How was it out there? So yeah, there was there was actually a concert. Warren G, like let's throw it back a little nice. bit. Warren G was performing here outside the stadium. Um, and then I got to go inside the stadium for a, a tour, get an update on what's going on. And a few things that are pretty cool. I mean, one, to, to think that in nine months, like, Taylor Swift and Kenny Chesney are both right. going to have concerts here. Taylor Swift is opening up so far. Like, the, the first concert, the big event that's going to happen is Taylor Swift. And that's happening, I believe, in, like, between between April and, and June or July. Or I should say July. So you've got, what is it, like, nine months like we're basically birthing a baby and that's the end of yeah. it right like <laughs> so you have and then we have preseason and you know so like for to, to think that like by august we're kind of in a situation where we're like yeah okay there's there's taylor swift concerts and then there's going to be a football night game is just beyond 
thought, like under a year, because there's been so much hype and so many people kind of behind this whole project. There's 3,000 workers working diligently all the time. Wow. Um, you know, you think about all the details and how they're getting all the cranes and that they adjust the cranes to get the Oculus built and all the, like the seats were made in Australia and those seats are getting Crazy. shipped from Australia. Like all of the details that, you know, you think about on any given day, 3,000 people are working on one project or another. It's just like the most fascinating things to me. And just all of these uh, teams are working for one, you know, future of this Hollywood park and this not be outside of SoFi stadium. They're going to have a, you know, a smaller concert hall. And then they're going to have all the shops in the second phase and then the residencies in the third phase. And it's just so, it's so cool. Like there's a moat here and they're going to have like this beautiful water entry. And there's so many cool things. The seats are going to get put up, you know, in the next handful of months, which is crazy. Like seats. Yeah. Like, we're talking about seats. Man. <laughs> and over the construction site. So it's just really cool to see, again, all this technology that's getting uh, put through understanding what a construction site uh, handles and manages on a day-to-day basis is all super, 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 super fascinating to me. So it's just great to see that everything is on schedule um, and, and it's just exciting to be part of the Rams organization right now. That's going to have this place as their home in just again, under a year. I love it. You had me at Warren G. You probably had Jared Goff at Taylor <laughs> Swift. And the rest of us are just glued to all the amazing things that go on uh, to really build that. And that's crazy to think of the seats coming from Australia and even talking about it in the sense of we are a, a pregnancy, a birth away, nine months away from seeing that thing completed. And that's pretty cool itself. Cannot wait to see what the atmosphere is like for the Rams when they get into that building. You know, a lot of talk here at the Coliseum. I'm excited to see the technology, all the things you mentioned, all the things around it just seems so cool. I cannot wait to get down there and just walk around, especially as it gets closer and closer. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, always keep up with Serena to make sure you're getting all the newest information like that because she's always putting up pictures and talking about it on social media as well. Um, getting back to Rams football, a, a team that will be playing in that stadium soon. Uh, it seemed like the tight ends started to get a role on and the game on Thursday and really pick it up. Gerald Everett had a great game. Tyler Higby had a great game. Do you think involving them more this year is going to be a smart thing, especially taking into account the O-line hasn't played really up to last year's standards and, and that slow start for the running game? Is the tight ends maybe, you know, the window into getting back to an identity here for the Rams offensively? You nailed it, Bear. Woo-hoo! So here's the funny part that I learned over the the preseason and then like during um, training camp. So Sean McVay has always wanted to run a 12 personnel. He loves tight ends. He wants nothing more than to just use tight ends forever and ever and ever. And he gets to the Rams and they get Brandon Cook and they have Robert Woods. And they have Cooper right. Cup, and he's like, well, here's the problem. Yeah. I've got all these really good wide receivers, but Gerald Everett and Tyler Hibby will have to have equal time, even though Sean McVay is a tight end. Like, he wants to use his offense, and that's why you see these dynamic tight ends that, that um, are built under Sean McVay, right? You look at Kyle Shanahan, he's got George Kittle, right? Like, another yeah. dynamic tight end, very similar-minded guy. Like the secret sauce is totally having these dynamic tight ends. Like, why wouldn't you want a guy like a Rob Gronkowski that can catch and and tackle 
and block and and run like you want that right like i would have all the tight ends in the world i would just throw everyone as a tight end the problem is, is that yes you have these wide receivers that are just so good and so skilled and active tight ends um and so that's kind of the reason why the whole 11 personnel really took shift and then you know obviously with sean mcveigh's uh, mind, you know, to, to the trickery, right? Like, right. let's make this offense look simple with an 11 personnel, but we will do everything every time we have a ball, we're going to change up that play. And so it really manifested from that. It was just that he just worked with what he had, which again is why Sean McVay is so successful, right? When you're a leader, you want to empower all the guys and use the skill sets that are given to you, right? Like, if you have a fork, then you should use the fork to eat, right? Like, you know, you, you have a spoon, and all right, I'm not going to have, I'll have soup today, right? But right. you're going to use the utensils that you're given. And so, you know, Sean's really just, he's eating steak because he's got, he's got the knife and the fork, and he can, you know, he's got the knife, he's got all the pieces to kind of have a full meal. With So, yes, I think there will be over time, you're going to see more and more use of the tight ends. But, again, Sean McVay's going to work with what he has. Well, and you're look at the, these fire alarms. The alarms are going off. Yeah, because we're so excited about it's, you talking exactly about that's, Sean McVay's offense. <laughs> it's the Friday hype alarm right there in the background. They can't contain <laughs> it. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? Your analogies are on point today. Uh, we've done math. We've done uh, knife and fork. <laughs> you're bringing your A game. It's the Friday hype edition. That's why we do this. We're gonna step aside. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna get a couple words from some of our sponsors. We're gonna be back. A little bit on this defense, and then we're going to get into our over-under, which we are converting this week to take your pick. So we'll be right back, Friday edition, Locked On Rams, Hype Edition, right after this. Do you guys ever find yourself wishing that you can make some extra cash with your NFL knowledge? Well, at my bookie, they want to make your dream come true this season. I mean, if you look at it, between football season, MLB playoffs, and the start of NBA and NHL seasons, it is time to get off the sidelines and get in the action. You got multiple ways to bet. If you're one of the guys that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you multiply games together for a much bigger payout. Want to bet on fantasy? They got that too. Pick the over-under on the fantasy projections, get into the fantasy world while throwing some money down, or the in-game live betting, which is my favorite. You don't like the score at halftime, you think things are going to change, Put some money down during the game, and you can win your money back. It's like hedging your bet or doubling down on your bet. And if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Rams Nation, third and final segment of the week. The last time we get to talk to you before Sunday's matchup, a amazing matchup, 4-0 versus 3-2 at the Coliseum. If you guys are here in the Southern California area or even around, make your way to the Coliseum. It's going to be a bunch of fun. You'll see Serena on the big screen throughout the whole game. She'll be bringing you entertainment during the timeouts, always doing what she does, hyping up the crowd and even hyping up Lockdown Rams here on Fridays. Uh, real quick, before we get to kind of our... Uh, take your pick segment. We're going to do a little bit on the defense because we're a little banged up. I mean, we're banged up a little bit everywhere, which is kind of new to us. Last year, we were almost healthy. You know, it seemed up and down the roster with a few guys 
uh, being, you know, the special case there. But um, Bryce Hager still a question mark, kind of trending towards playing, but we don't know yet. Clay Matthews is out. Talk to me a little bit about uh, the Rams' confidence in uh, Samson Ibukam and some of the young guys like Oboe and Patrick and Reader, guys like that that are going to see some extended playing time potentially this Sunday. Yeah, and you basically nailed it. So, one, Natrez Patrick has really, like, sparked, right? Like, you got an undrafted rookie when you're – and I love those stories, right? Like, you you didn't get the look the first time, but they were always like, hey, this guy is good, and he showed what he had and the capabilities he he had to play at this level during preseason. So, I think it's exciting to, again, Natrez has been doing a lot for special teams. So, for him to get utilized and step up, Samson – I mean, look, you can say enough great things about Samson and the fact that he is ready to go. He he knows his place, which is an interesting thing to think about. But, you know, I've talked to Samson a couple times, and Corey Littleton and Samson, they sit next to each other um, in the locker room. And they both, like, I asked Corey, um, you know, hey, like, you're not calling uh, plays on defense anymore. You're not the defensive signal caller. And he goes, Psh. Are you kidding me? I would way prefer that Eric Weddle did that. Like <laughs> right. he's a genius. Like he knows what to do. Like I don't care. Like I'm happy that we have someone that's better than me doing this. And you know, I think it's more of like the like check yourself, right? Like yeah, I would love to have these responsibilities, but I also am like, uh, hello, uh, you can get Mike Tirico to be the reporter instead. <laughs> you do that, right? Like I'd be like, go ahead, take the mic, Mike. I'm good. So I think, you know, and then it goes to that with the same with Samson. They both kind of have that similar thought process of like, I know I got to step up. I am ready. I'm going to have my body ready. I, I'm learning a lot from Clay Matthews. I am learning a lot from my teammates. You know, we saw him have this impeccable, great game against the Chiefs last year where this man is scoring touchdowns. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he stepped up a, a huge amount. And I think that's really helped him grow, knowing – like getting a feel for like those big moments, those high pressure situations and know that you're going to produce on those things. I think it's so important. So he's got some of that already, right? Underneath all of this. And, and so I think that's the key to him. And I think he's ready to go. And it's pretty exciting to see Samson. You know, I, I think he's, he's, they all just want to freaking play. Like, yeah. yeah. And so Natrez, you know, I think has really worked well just seeing him in the locker room and communicating with these guys. Troy Reader, another guy, you know, Sean McVay has said he's like he has seamlessly been able to step in when needed. Uh, had a couple, you know, pretty big tackles in, in games so far this season. And uh, and so, yeah, you're seeing like a bunch of sort of undrafted guys and a mixed oboe again. Oh, my gosh. And oboe, especially a big shout out to oboe, who has been so excited. You know, last year you didn't really see him because he had that injury, that nagging injury. And so right. I think. You know, to see guys like Oboe and to see guys like Natrez and now to see guys like Troy Reader, we're all just like, coach, put me in, put me in. You know, you're kind of like that dog that's not like, you know, you're about to throw the ball. And you're like, oh, are you, are you ready? Like, oh, my God, I'm so ready to play. Throw the ball, oh, throw the ball. Great, right? Like, you want the excited, exactly. You want the excited guy to get ready and step up. And I think having Clay Matthews' leadership and being able to observe, like, what a great position for Samson Abacom throughout this season, you know, he's already got experience. He's got, you know, that feel for having those high-pressure games. But now I've also been able to watch a guy like Clay Matthews who has had, you know, going into the Hall of Fame linebacker, and he's getting to watch everything that he's doing, and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take some notes. And now he gets to be the dog that's like, put me in, coach, put me in, coach, I'm ready to go. Like, what a bet, like, 
dude, I've, I've been catching balls on the side, and I've been watching this other dog catch, and now I'm ready to go. It's like, put me in. So I think it's a great situation. Um, again, you know, we, we don't diminish or look past the fact that we have the coaching staff that we do with um, with Joe Barry, the linebackers coach, and the assistant head coach, who's just another savant. And I don't think that the Rams are ever – you know, we don't give that guy enough credit, so I always try and do that. Um, and then with Wade Phillips, right, who's overseeing this whole defense, and I think, you know, under his guidance, and, you know, we see that the Rams' defense changes and shifts and adapts in second half of games. Obviously, you get that wisdom from a guy like Wade Phillips and Joe Barry. So I'm just excited to see, you know, Samson knowing that he's got to step up to step up, and I think that we've got a lot of good – place pieces in place obviously you're not going to replace a guy like clay matthews and um you know i'm hoping that he's got this speedy recovery but i also am excited to see guys who maybe won't maybe wouldn't get the opportunity to step up to step up against a big game on sunday against the 49ers yeah, no, I love it, and, and you know, Ibukum is going to have a chance, and like you mentioned, he shined a few times in some in golden opportunities in primetime last year. Hopefully this is another opportunity for him to build some more confidence and do that. And then guys like Oboe and Patrick, guys that we haven't seen yet, and like you mentioned, all you need is an opportunity. Oboe's been ready for a year and a half, so to, to kind of get out there and have an opportunity, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, Natures Patrick did some big plays uh, during the off season, during the preseason, shall I say? And so excited to see both yeah. those guys out there and get an opportunity to go play. Like you said, they've been waiting to, for someone to say, "Okay, it's your turn to go in," and they're charged up, ready to go. So we'll see how that kind of comes out. Uh, we'll finish this with our typical, well, a little, little different this week. Usually we kind of do an over under. This time we're going to do a take your pick. So. Uh, we'll start on the offense and this one's got kind of a trick question. This is almost what set up the whole segment here was leading rusher for the Rams on Sunday. Is it going to be Gurley? Is it going to be Malcolm Brown or is it going to be Daryl Henderson? What do you think? Oh, oh man. Okay. So a lot of people have texted me and they're like, yo, do I start Malcolm Brown this week? Like, I feel like he's going to be like the sleeper. You're going to give me all them points. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, right now, I don't know. Like, no one really knows what's happening with Todd Gurley, and this could all screw up everyone's fantasy team, and I take no credit or don't want to be blamed. Don't at me, you know, for any of this. <laughs> um, but again, you know, if we go back to the stepping up situation, I think, and Gurley, we decide, like, hey, let's rest Gurley. There's no point in, like, putting him out there because, you know, of this injury. Let him rest his legs. He's done enough, you know, like, take your break for a little bit. Um, I could totally see Malcolm Brown, uh, you, you know, leading uh, with a rush with rushing yards. So I, I might go Malcolm just because there's an unknown, and so I'm going to give it to Mouth because I know that a guy who you know knows how to step up when he is asked to step up does so. So I might go with Malcolm, but we, only because we, there's the unknown of Todd. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it, and that was kind of the point of the question because I was like, neither of us know if he's playing or not, and we don't have a true answer there. <laughs> so I'm going to put you in a corner and make you give an answer in a sense, and and that's the same answer I would give because I'm in the same boat as we don't know what we got with Todd Gurley, and even if he plays, like maybe he plays and he gets eight carries and he's like, ah, it's not feeling good. McVeigh's going to be like, all right, let's sit and relax, or he's like, all right, let's get involved in the offense a little bit, but it's going to be. 
Malcolm's day with kind of a compliment of Gurley to kind of rest him. So I'm with you. I think Malcolm Brown is very capable of taking on the bulk of the carries and hopefully the Rams continue to run the ball. We saw it early in that first half in Seattle. It was really starting to work and it really helped Jared Goff in the play action and really just O-line in general. The defense was caught guessing. Uh, so I'm with you. I think Malcolm Brown's going to be there. It'd be fun to see Henderson. I threw him in there just because at this point, if Gurley's a no-go oh, yeah. and it's between those two, you never know because we haven't really seen him. But I'm with you. I think it's Brown uh, leading rusher. But at the end of the day, Gurley could come out and say, yeah, I mean, it was quad. It was a little sore, but we had a couple rest days and, and this is a big game. So I'm going to go out and ball out. So we don't know yet, but I'm with you on Brown. We'll flip it to Jared Goff's receiving core. Uh, we're not sure about Brandon Cooks. So I'll go with Cup. Woods or Everett, who's going to be the leading receiver? Or you could say, like, you could take the field if you want. If you don't want one of those three guys, you could take the field. Leading receiver, Cups, Wood, Everett, or the field? You know, uh, I'm going to give it to Woods this one because um, because I had lunch with him yesterday. He's nice. where it, like things just become philosophical in football. And, uh, and we were talking about random science. I've had this conversation actually multiple times with um, with Robert Woods when it comes to being an unselfish wideout in the NFL. And we've, I've always been like, yo, when people talk about, you know, other wideouts that are kind of more like, yo, I need my time and you got to throw the ball to me every time, da, 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 right? And, and you don't see that at all with this wideout group at all. Like, it's just a non-existent sort of character trait. Right. And I'm like, yo – but how come you guys don't act like that? Like, I get that you're nice guys. Like, it's all good. But but what's the real secret? And he goes, one, you really can't act like that. Like, it's just not okay, right? right. But two, if I'm – I honestly just want to win, right? And if it's not me that's throwing the football. So, like, can I get mad at my boy Brandon Cooks for getting open? Can I get mad at Cooper Cup because he's open that play? No, I can't. All I can do is block for them. All I can do is do other things that I can do for them. So I can't get mad at my teammates. And two, it just makes me better, right? Like if I'm over here just like, oh, look at me, I should be getting the ball, and these guys are just as good, if we just worked at helping you out, then maybe he'll help me out on the next play, and it's sort of, again, empowering other people to do better. And so I want to give it to Brandon Cooks because we've had this conversation, and for someone who just appreciates that logic and he's been able to explain to me why this works, and why the Rams wideout group is just a very unselfish group of players. I want to give it to I'm going to give it to Robert Woods, my boy I, Woody. I like it. The Rams are the only team in the NFL that have three receivers over 300 yards so far. That mindset that you just talked about is the reason why. Obviously, Sean McVay, the play calling, Jared Goff throwing the ball, all those things come into consideration. But the unselfishness of these guys to allow that to happen is amazing. Uh, and you know what? If I had lunch with Robert Woods, I'd probably pick him too. Uh, but I, I didn't. So I'm going to go back to back. Gerald Everett's going to lead the team. That is my star of the game for the, the receivers. Everett had an amazing game. He led the team in, in receiving last game, I think. And I really hope, and we talked about it earlier, is just continuing to use maybe that uh, 12 formation and getting the two tight ends out there at the same time and really just getting Everett more involved in this game. So I'm going to pick Everett. 
we both could be wrong because, like we said, everyone's great on this team. It could be Cooper Cup, and we wouldn't be surprised. So there's no really wrong answer here. No, uh, these guys are good. all crushing it this season. So I like it. A little bit different answers there. Yours was a lot better because it had so much more insight. I just said Everett. So that's <laughs> I just went with who did it last. So that's that's easy enough. Um, yeah, right? We'll see. So we'll finish this uh, take your pick, and we're going to talk about the defense, and we're going to see who has the most tackles at the end of the game. So most tackles in the game. I've got Eric Weddle, John Johnson, Corey Littleton, or the field. Oh, I'm going to go with Eric Weddle because I think he led the team last week with tackles, and he's a tackle monster. And he's just like, he's, I mean, he's called himself half machine, half mutant. And um, I think he just, he's feeling good, like under Sean McVay's, uh, how he rests veterans, uh, you know, some of the older guys how, you know, he t- makes sure he takes care of the guys' bodies. You know, we have a team nutritionist and Joey Blake and the way that like Reggie and Ted and the, you know, the training staff kind of take care of the physicality part of the, the guys where Sean McVay always says that there are a lot of practices that are just above the neck where it's like, you, you already know how to physically use your body after playing it 10 plus years in the league. You deserve a day off because, you already know how to ride a bike, right? You know? Right. So to me, I, 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 I'm going to go with Eric Weddle because, man, he's just been so great to watch. Um, I think also, you know, you look back to that Seahawks game and that touchdown that um, that uh, Russell Wilson threw, and you're like, how could he have yeah. defended that man any better? Like, he was just so, I mean, he just can't. But you know what? A guy like Eric Weddle is such a competitor to me. Like, Shh, I ain't going to let nothing go past me. So, boom, giving it to Eric Waddle, E-Dub, he's going to lead the team in tackles. And I actually really like this game, so we should do this every week. <laughs> yeah, I li- yeah, I'm starting to like it, too. It's a good one. It, it kind of opens up a little <laughs> bit more debate there, too. And, you know, I'm going to go with a guy you mentioned earlier, Corey Littleton. Uh, I think he's poised. He's led the team. I think the first game of the season, he led the team. He had like 10 tackles at halftime in that game. He was out of control in that Carolina game. Uh, And then looking back even to Seattle, uh, they ran the ball a lot. We saw actually last week, it was Troy Reader who led the team in tackles. He actually got a game ball on my Monday edition uh, just for the effort that he gave in and really racking up tackles. Eric Weddle has led the team twice, I believe, in tackles. And he's always always up there in the top three, top two. Uh, so that is a great one as well. But I'm going to take Littleton. I think the linebacking core is going to be a huge step for us with the mount that they're going to rush it, as well as Kittle. He, he may see some passes over the middle, so uh, that might lead to a few oh, more yeah. tackles. So I'm going to take Littleton. But the crazy thing about this game, we might be wrong. It could be Natrez Patrick, and we're both talking about how amazing he played oh, on Monday. Sure. And it would be fun. And that's exactly <laughs> what this Rams team is about. Next guy up, filling in, and, and no complaints, really. So with that, it leaves us with score prediction. Thoughts of how this game is going to play out? Oh, on Sunday and a final score prediction. Serena, go for it. Uh, okay. So I was actually going to ask you, like, so the 49ers have, they're five and zero, but like, have, have all the games been pretty like over the top? Like I, I was trying to think of like, like all the Rams games have been close ish, right? Like, like they've, they've shut some teams down. I would yeah, so touchdowns, but they're still close-ish, right? Yeah, the Niners. The Niners had a couple. I think they took care of the Bengals pretty handily. They actually beat uh, Tampa Bay by a double-digit score, but they played uh, Pittsburgh pretty close, uh, and then they had that bye week. Yeah, so, yeah, so four yeah. and zero. So that's kind of like a short sample size too. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with with both teams 
um, in the in the twenties. I want to say like twenty seven to twenty three Rams. Um, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think we're just gonna try and keep these touchdowns on the Forty ers end of things to right. a minimum, which I think is gonna be difficult. I could see them rushing the ball a lot. Um, I could see uh, I could see obviously they're gonna utilize George Kittle a lot. I believe George Kittle ran all over the world last time we played. Yeah, he did. I mean, we were able to still win that game by a lot, but George Kittle is just such an amazing and impressive player. Um, they have for any team, and so I see them rushing the ball, which means, you know, I'm hoping that it's, we keep this score in, in more of the 20s area. Um, I think the Rams really need to get this win. I think it's really like let's get, the, you know, the team back on the right trajectory, get our minds right, show them who's boss in the NFC. Um, so I think the Rams get the win, but I'm going to say like 27 to 23. I like it. Last time you predicted in the twenties, it was like spot on. We won out in Cleveland. So I'm here for that prediction. I, I love the way you're thinking, but you know me, I'm, I'm living in the thirties because I look at the Rams and it seems like they love to live in the thirties. So, and I've got to give it back. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I've been saying this prediction all week. I'm going to go 33, 30. I think it's Greg, the leg getting redemption at home. I usually say, oh, I love it. Uh, a defensive player with an interception to seal it. This time, I think it's a Jared Goff. Get him back in position, coming down the field in his high game, and basically looking back at Greg and saying, look, we believe in you. We will continue to put you in this position to win us the ball game, and we believe every time you go up there, you're going to make it. This time, he will make it. The Rams will go crazy. Uh, maybe that's even a Greg the Leg interview uh, on the field afterwards, Serena Morales. Yes. That's always a fun one to pay attention to, and if you guys are at the game, you got to stay afterwards to see who she talks to because it's always a great little... Uh, question and answer segment after the game with the winner, the MVP of the game. Uh, so I love it. Either way, Rams need the win. We're both on that side of the of the story. So we'll see how it shakes out on Sunday. Serena Morales, thank you so much for your time. I cannot wait to talk to you again. Rams Nation, enjoy the game. Uh, Serena, we'll talk to you next week. I will see you on Sunday, Rams fans. <laughs> Until then, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Peace. Peace.